Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. Wouldn't play some competitive sports once in a while, would it? Would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. Today, Rashad's out today. So it's just Jesse and I, man in the fort, for one more hour. It's going to be a pretty busy fast-paced final hour for you hate it or love it's coming up next we've got our fantasy scramble at 9 30 same time as always just in the second hour today so if you've got fantasy starts to questions text them into the better you today text line at 55305 and we'll get to as many as we can at 9 30 well we'll also as we started last week include some of the uh the nfl gambling picks that we like this week uh, and i'll tell you now last week i was pretty confident with my two picks i did get them both right I was not so confident this week with some of the picks. So I have a couple of games that I, that I liked, but uh, not exactly spread based. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll tell you about that coming up in the final segment of the show at 945. But I wanted to get to the NFL story of the week, which is, uh, as most of you will know, uh, I, I don't know. Is there a gate attached to this already? A blank gate? What is it? Helmet smash gate? Miles Garrett gate? I actually just think it's like Miles Garrett's a a douche. Yeah, I was <laughs> trying to think of a uh, I mean, trying to put on that filter and think of a good word, but that that yeah, that that would be it. The uh, okay, for those who missed it, I'm not sure if you have if you if you if it's possible that you missed it, but for those who missed it, the very last play of Thursday night football, Browns had won the game over the Steelers. Um, Mason Rudolph gets sacked or late hit or whatever you want to say from miles garrett on the ground mason rudolph appears to try to rip the helmet off miles garrett's head you can see him kind of reaching at the back of the helmet and he's pulling it up off of his head he can't do it he gets up one of his offensive linemen is is protecting him and pushing miles garrett away um then as he's getting up miles garrett rips mason rudolph's helmet off of his head Rudolph spins in a half circle, and instead of leaving the play, which would have been the smart thing to do, he then angrily charges back at Miles Garrett, who, in a moment of, I'm assuming, just pure insurmountable rage by Miles Garrett, takes Mason Rudolph's own helmet and swings it and smashes him on the top of the head with it. Miles Garrett then gets tackled to the ground by Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro. And uh, I think one other offensive lineman and they just start kicking him, right? Like they just start kicking him and punching him in the head and, you know, protecting their quarterback and there's flags everywhere. Then after Rudolph got hit in the head, 
Another Browns defensive player just charges into him and knocks him to the ground, and I think he hit his head on the ground too or got his, his head hit by someone's knee or something on that play. And by the way, don't forget, this is a guy in Mason Rudolph who just like four weeks ago had a terrifying concussion where he did a full dramatic just like terrifying to watch collapse on the ground. They didn't even bother taking the helmet off. They just took the mask off of him because yes. it was so bad. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster in that concussion react as negatively as I've seen a player react to a concussion on the football field. That was just four or five weeks ago. So he's just coming back from a massive concussion and gets hit in the head with his own helmet. That's the that's what happened. Now, lucky for Mason Rudolph is that he got hit by the kind of white portion on the bottom of the helmet which is malleable a little bit. If he got hit by the actual helmet or by the face mask, I think it would have been a very different story about what would have happened. I think he would have seen a ton of blood. I think he would have seen a really, really bad scene if he had gotten hit by another part of the helmet. Lucky for him, he got hit square on the top of the head, but on a part of the helmet that kind of moves a little bit. So, I mean, obviously I'm sure it hurt, uh, but he he just reacted as if like, oh my God, did you see that? He didn't fall down or anything. It didn't appear as if he was concussed by the hit. Right. He got very lucky in that sense. That's what happened. Miles Garrett was suspended indefinitely by the NFL. The suspension will be at least the rest of this season and the playoffs if the Browns wind up making it. Uh, he's appealing it. And there's some talk that the NFLPA doesn't like that there was an indefinite suspension for something that happened on the field and that they want the NFL to put a number to it. Um, which I would be fine with as long as the number is a good number, right? Rest of the season is what? Six, seven games mm-hmm. plus I, I would say give him a 10 game suspension for something like that, right? Really drive the point home. This is unacceptable. I mean, if you want to really drive the point home, you just say season long that, that that's what any, it, like what, what do they do in, I mean, outside of banning a player from the league, it's typically a, you're you want to make a statement you're done for a season you're not making money for a season you're not making an impact for a season and you typically don't see that behavior after that because i I would be i I would be okay with that um the only thing is there's really not many comparisons to this in the nfl no that's why you got to set a precedent well well, the biggest one is albert hainsworth when he stomped on uh an offensive lineman's head when his helmet had come off he only got five games for that which at the time was a pretty big suspension. NFL doesn't give out five-game suspensions very often. So that was that was a big one. Uh, and obviously, Vontez Burke just has, a, has had a couple of smaller ones. His his current one is for – it's like a combination of things, his season-long suspension. Um, but I, I don't know – I don't know what the NFL is going to do in this situation. If I was the NFL, I think you go as hard as you think is relevant to prove a point. Uh, it can be even overboard if you want. That's why I say like 10 games, right? The rest of this season, as well as four or five games next season. Right. That seems reasonable to me for this, uh, which was an absolutely terrible act. Um, the fact that Mason Rudolph didn't get any suspension to me is a little bit surprising. I'm not one of these these Steelers fans on Twitter say or uh, Browns fans blaming only Mason Rudolph. Like, if you're Miles Garrett, you cannot do that. No. That is moronic. Um, but Mason Rudolph also instigated it. He tried to rip his helmet off. He then went back at him and tried to shove him again. So, I mean, he did instigate. I'm surprised he's only getting a fine and not a small suspension as well. Um, Marquise Pouncey got three games for retaliation. And then the guy who pushed Rudolph over, I'm not going to try to say his name. I just said I'm not going to try to say it. I don't know his name. It's hard to pronounce. Uh, He gets a game for shoving Mason Rudolph on the ground. Um, 
this is not unique to this game. We've seen helmets being used as weapons, quote-unquote, before. It's happened in the preseason. We've seen it in practices before this happens, right? The NFL is an angry game. The NFL is a high-intensity game. And it, this kind of stuff happens in the league. It's not – It's there was a lot of, I think, overreaction on Twitter of, like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen was it really the worst thing you've ever seen or was it terrible in the moment? And it was, and you're just reacting like that because that's our current culture. But that doesn't, I'm not trying to defend Miles Garrett in any way. What he did was despicable and he deserves a very long suspension for it. But I just don't like people pretending like this is the worst thing they've ever seen in the NFL. Like it, ha- this has happened before. This is, this, this is one of the nastier things you've seen in the NFL. That's been on primetime TV. That's a um, it's it the only game of the night. Only game of the night, and especially when you're going there, there's basically no time left in this game. The game's over. You know, Mason Rudolph's thrown four picks, and it's it's just it, it's one of those things where uh, it just didn't need to happen. And when you think about the optics of it from the NFL and what the NFL is trying to do, the we all know that you know they've been milking the the U.S. for every dime they can possibly get. And those avenues of making money here in the States are starting to dry up. Hence the, we're playing in Mexico city. We're playing in London five times a year because they want to move to a more international game. And you want that to be appealing overseas down South. Now, granted (laughs) big that, you know, you think about, Um, South America, they're big soccer fans, and they do have things like this happen in soccer. Soccer is probably the most notorious as far as brawls, and uh, you know even the fans get involved with it. But when you're when you're trying to sell this overseas in London, talking about sending maybe the Jags or the Chargers over there, you don't want this type of black eye on your league because it does maybe give them pause. Do we really want this here? Because it, it. as what what is one of the big things that they really try to promote the NFL as during the season a community driven league they want to be a big part of the community make make differences that's at least what they promote yeah. exactly and when you have stuff like this that's a black eye to something that you're trying to promote and build it's just I, I think I think if you're Goodell especially as more and more things happen every season. It seems like we're talking about suspensions now more and more every year than we ever have. That's why these suspensions keep getting bigger, I think, is enough's enough, right? Like, let's make a stand. I think it's that a little bit, but I think it's also the NFL has been terrible at doing the correct suspensions in the past, so any longer suspension seems shocking, but it's really more... It's adjusting to what would be the correct suspension. Right. Like that Albert Hansworth, you think about five-game suspension, you're he like. stomped on a guy's head when he had his helmet off. Should have been a year. cleats. Should have been a year. Yeah, exactly. Or so, out of the league. And that's that's the thing that you might get from another league. Like, Major League Baseball will ban somebody for 100 games, no problem. Like, that's a lot of games. It took them a while to get to that point, It, too, it did. You know, and the, it, at some point. At the point, end of the day, it's, it's about making money. And at the end of the day, if you're banning good players for any reason, you're going to lose money because you're going to lose viewers. You're going to lose Jersey sales, all that kind of stuff. So it's about that. So that's why it takes a lot of public pressure to get those suspensions to go up. One final note before we break is that miles Garrett knew it. The second he did it, he knew it. And the reason you know why is because the second he did it, he stopped fighting. He was getting kicked in the head. He was getting punched all over the place. He had three 
lineman on top of him, and he laid there and took it. He didn't. If you watch the replay, he does not move because he knew, A, I deserve this, and B, OF, I'm screwed. And I just screwed my team because guess what? The Browns just won two games in a row. The Browns are a team with a lot of talent that people were predicting to maybe make the playoffs this year. They sucked in the beginning of the year. They've got a really easy schedule at the end of the season, but who's their best player? It's Miles Garrett. He's like, oh, my God. I just ruined the end of my season. I ruined the end of my team season because the Browns are not making the playoffs without Miles Garrett. I'll tell you that much. They probably weren't making the playoffs anyway, so that's not that hard of a prediction to make, but they were not. They're definitely not without Miles Garrett. He knew it the second he did it, and he took the beating, which was the strangest thing to watch, but it's because he knew. Well, and thank goodness for him that his name's Miles Garrett because if it's, I don't know, somebody, uh, I'll just throw an arbitrary Joe Random lineman. Right. It's possible he's out of the league because they're like, we, we're not. That's easier to make an example of somebody like that when it's like, you're right. It's about making money. You can't, you can't, you can't say Miles Garrett's banned from the NFL for what he did. Um, Especially in a league that promotes violence, basically. Exactly. But if it's Joe Lineman, they can. And so that's for, from Garrett's luck, he's really good player, you know, but. You know, it's what is that's going to be the interesting thing. I could see up to a year. I think the 10 game suspension is what we're ultimately going to see. That's probably what's especially if the NFLPA wins the appeal and they at least want a number for it. I think you'll see 10 games. I think that's what you'll see. Maybe if he he asks for a reduction, maybe it'll be eight games. Maybe it'll be the rest of this season and the start of next season for a couple of games. That would still be the largest suspension given out for something like this. Um, I don't think it's big enough, but it is what it is. All right, let's break. Uh, coming up next, it's time for a one-person edition of Hate It or Love It. No competition, just Jesse asking some interesting questions, and we'll see how I feel. Keep texting in your fantasy start state questions to the Better You Today text line at 55305. That's coming up in a couple of segments. This is Football Sunday on ZFan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Remember, Fantasy Scramble up next. Still same time, even though we were on earlier today. Uh, what do you got for me today, Mr. Osmond? All right, as I'm getting attacked by the uh, microphone. Um, easy to ha- easy to do in that room, right? Just swings around randomly and hits you in the face. Sometimes it falls off. Yeah, yeah. I think they fixed it though. They they took a, they just got rid of the knob and put in this screw, and it looks like it just stays put now, which is nice. That's good. We don't need to. The amount of times it's fallen off on me though, generally, it's like you're talking, and all of a sudden the mic's in your lap, and you're like, uh. Yeah, you've seen me go panic mode on oh, this side. It's, it's happened yeah. to everybody who's been yeah, there before, for sure. Yeah, I mean, good upgrade, simple and good upgrade. Uh, with that said, yes, obviously this is going to be a football only, hate it or love it. It'll have a little college, a little NFL, um, a little bit all over the place. I think what we could start with right now is Colin Kaepernick, who had a 40-minute workout uh, yesterday. Eight teams apparently showed up. A lot of This was one of the weirder stories. It was set to be at the Falcon Stadium, but then the NFL told him he couldn't bring in some sort of a media crew or a camera crew, so he was like, Correct. screw you. 
I'm going to go here instead. He so, went to a high school in Atlanta. So there were a, 11 teams were supposed to show up, and then eight wound up showing up because he moved it? Correct. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but, the, you know, they, that allowed him to, I think, get the camera crew in there so anybody who didn't show up would be able to see it. Um, I, the whole situation is really weird. It, sound, it, it seems like something like the NFL was just trying to – give him something so they could finally make him go away. And he was actually trying to make something out of this. And the NFL wasn't in my optics looking outside in. Um, with that said, Adam Schefter did come out with a tweet yesterday that he heard from one of the attending eight teams execs. that was there that Kaepernick still has an elite arm talent. There are Plenty of quarterback needy teams that maybe thought that they were okay at the beginning of the season. Maybe even some that are still trying to make a playoff run. Love or hate, Colin Kaepernick will not find a team for the rest of the season. I'm going to say love because there's there's nothing else to point to, to to prove otherwise. How many teams have needed a quarterback in the last three years desperately and are throwing out crap like Luke Falk for two games? Sorry, Wazoo fans, but man, that was ugly in the Jets uniform. I mean, teams need quarterbacks. And he has been blackballed out of the league. He's gotten a workout in. Guess what? He could have had a workout in two years ago. But nobody was interested in going to look at that, right? Right. Yeah, I think he even had a showcase a couple years ago where like one or two teams showed up and nobody signed him. I mean, Colin Kaepernick is bound to be better than Jeff Driscoll. Colin Kaepernick is bound to be better than Luke Falk. Colin Kaepernick's bound to be better than Brandon Allen. How about how about Joe Flacco? What? And yeah, I'm mentioning <laughs> Brandon Allen because he was the guy who's starting right now. But yeah. yeah, or Joe Flacco. I'm just saying, like going back to last summer, you're looking for a veteran quarterback who can run a bootleg. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's it's. We know the that Colin Kaepernick has has been blackballed out of the league for the national anthem stuff, and it's it's at this point I think it's frankly ridiculous because teams should want to win more than they want to have this weird stance about what Kaepernick did. I understand that a lot of people are really frustrated about it. I don't really get it. I don't get why they're frustrated, but I understand that people are frustrated about it. Um, but it's just, it's not, maybe next year is the last year because he had a workout and there seems to be a little bit of movement towards teams like, oh, okay, maybe we can get Kaepernick now. It's been enough years that maybe it'll, it's been blown over. I don't know. But there's no way I can say hate to that point because we've seen teams pass on him the last three years when they've needed a quarterback really, really badly. It's just that simple. I mean, I'm just looking at a team, I don't know, like the Steelers, who we just saw on Thursday night look a fool with their quarterback who who, who can't complete a deep pass. Who, all he can do is complete a pass to the other secondary, and that, that secondary's been torched all season long. It, you're in your you're still in the playoff hunt you're why are you not bringing this guy in like i it, you, you know why uh, exactly it, it it just it blows my mind it's it it just seems like a another lawsuit's a coming sometime well i mean didn't they already win the lawsuit didn't kaepernick win the lawsuit no tech i mean technically they came to an agreement but i Which mean means that the nfl didn't want to fight it because they knew they would lose yeah i think there are some steps here that that maybe cap like that, that they've that they've made some mistakes here that it from some legal analysis analysts that i've heard so far it sounds like a, another lawsuit could come down the road um 
if if Kaepernick wanted to push it. So it's just one of those things. It's uh it's drama that just never ends. I mean, what, turn it's, it's a storyline, dude. It's it's ridiculous. I'm tired of it, but it is a storyline. Uh, yesterday we saw one of the top quarterback prospects in college football go down for the rest of the season with a pretty major injury, dislocated hip, and um, some uh, anterior crucial. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't understand what something. that was either, but it's, it sounded bad. Sounds sounds like a pretty serious injury. And uh, with that said, you know, this was a guy that for much of the season has been lauded as the guy that's going to go first overall or be the first quarterback taken at the very least. Now, that has been in question with Joe Burrow's ascension lately, but he has been lauded as this is going to be one of the top two quarterbacks coming off the draft board uh, come May. Love or hate? With the injury, Tua will no longer be one of the top two quarterbacks taken in the draft. I'm going to say hate on that one. Um, the injury seems serious, but I'm sure he'll be back in time for, for the combine and doing stuff like that. And even if he's even limited in the combine, I mean, you know who Tua is, right? We've seen Tua play at his peak for the last couple of years at Alabama. Uh, sure, he's been kind of a bit of an injury concern in the last few years as well. He had the ankle stuff going on, the high ankle sprain this year. Now, this hip injury, there were questions about whether or not Saban left him in the game too long because he got hurt, and they were winning big against uh, Mississippi State. So uh, there's there's a little bit of an injury concern there, but I think the potential with two is very, very high. And like I've said before, the rumors are out there that the Dolphins GM and owner just love Tua. They're obsessed with him, and they want him now. Right. So in, injury sucks, but it's not an arm injury. It's not a shoulder injury. Sure, it might maybe hamper his ability to move a little bit, but I have a feeling he'll be able to return to be close to, if not full form, and I think he'll still be a top-two quarterback taken. All right. So maybe even the number-one quarterback taken. All right. All right. I, I, you know, Bronco fan here thinking, like, oh, maybe maybe some teams get scared off, and then, you know, there's John Elway, like, oh, well, there's a guy that's going to be needing to, you know, heal up, probably won't be ready to play this year, which, oh, guess what? I extended Joe Flacco without seeing him play so we could let Joe Flacco keep playing and you can get Tua. But, you know, that's just me and my uh, crazy... Th- Although I'm you know more that Tua, Herbert, right? Tua is not a quarterback that LA likes to get. I know. I, I mean, I'd be more Her- uh, Herbert type of guy, but, you know, I just see... I could see Tua running the bootleg very well. Yeah. You know, he's very athletic, gr- granny, but I could see him running the bootleg, which they like to run the bootleg in that system. And who doesn't run it well? Joe Flacco. He's just, I don't understand John Elway. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so glad that you're on board. <laughs> it took you too many years to figure it out, but I'm glad you're on board. No, it, it, I mean, well, I mean, he was on point there for about, a, he was in the zone as a GM for about three years. He's out of the zone for the he's, last four years. He's out of the auto zone. <laughs> like he's on the highway and, and the engine's breaking down. And yeah, no, it, it's uh, basically ever, I, I would, Basically, Paxton Lynch was his uh, was his devil. Anyways, moving on, moving on. I think um, that contract for Brock Osweiler was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'd, I mean, Brock, you you have Brock Osweiler. He he flames out in that one year, and then you realize, oh, we can go get one of these really cool quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Instead, you watch, you know, Houston, and I mean, they were tenth and twelfth overall. You could have. All right, moving on. Uh, last last topic of the day. Do we even need to do another topic? We're, yeah, we're do pretty, one. All right. Go for it. We got a time left. All right. Um, Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn's been on the hot seat. Now, uh, we all know that uh, last week the surprise 
win of the week was the Atlanta Falcons. Now they 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 covered right. They did. They, cover. they covered the spread just they like we said they my would. Plus fourteen, right? Yeah, because they I won. I didn't predict that they would win. I, if I had taken the money line, I would have gotten way more money on it. Yeah, but that's okay. they won, so they covered the spread. Good call. Good Thank call. You. I mean, I was desperately trying to figure out how to get that app going so I could just place a bet on that one because I was like, oh my gosh, twenty bucks on that. Give me, give me, give me. But, <laughs> um, but with that said, Dan Quinn on the hot seat just beat. A division rival that's been just mowing teams down in the New Orleans Saints. Love or hate, my Dan Quinn still loses his job at the end of the season. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how the Falcons finish the year. I mean, they're an underdog again against the Panthers today. Another division opponent, another game I think they could win. because I, I think the Panthers are average, and I think the Falcons are average. I think the Falcons have had a little bit of bad luck this year. The fact that they're 2-7 and seven doesn't exactly resonate with me in, in terms of how good the team is i think they're more of like a five and five team or a four and five team than a two and seven team um i think dan quinn should be fired i don't think he's the right guy for the job i think that he was good in the beginning he had an energy about him an intensity about him but i think that's wearing thin and i, I mean he's a defensive coach and their defenses have just been so that's bad. that's the confusing part now i know that they've had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the last few years which is obviously going to be a part of it but um I feel like you've got a really good offense and you need to get a guy in there who's a who's a creative offensive mind to be the head coach or at least uh, willing to bring in an offensive coordinator who's a bit creative and kind of nurture that environment. So I think he'll be fired. Uh, I think he should be fired, but I'm unsure if they will fire him if they win a couple of games at the end of the year and kind of save a little bit of face. So I'm yeah, kinda, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. But yeah, I could I could see that for sure. Uh, I just um, I. I think it's possibly saved his job. Uh, like Arthur Blank is one of those guys that truly seems to build a relationship with not just his players, but probably his coaching staff. And he really seems to to love them in a way that most owners don't. Little Neil little Shea like. Yeah. And so I could I could see him going, you know what? It's just we're still just a couple years removed from a Super Bowl. You've had major injuries on the defense. This offense still looks pretty good. We still got Matt Ryan. Let's just keep this rolling. Continuity's great. All right, we got the fantasy scramble coming up next. Text in your start set questions to the Better You Today text line at 55305. Already got a couple that came in, so make sure you get them in, and we'll get to as many as we can next. First, Jesse has SportsCenter. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. And the only reason my team finishes terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. You know what that music and open means? It's time to send in those fantasy football starts to questions to the Better You Today text line at 55305. We'll get to as many as we can here. And then we got also a couple of uh, betting notes that we want to get to you next segment as well. First text that came in at the flex. This is a really good problem to have. So I don't know what kind of league you're in, but uh, PPR league, Le'Veon Bell, Kenny Galladay, or Chris Godwin. A lot of good options just to have in the flex. I feel like they're all start-worthy guys, so uh, you must have a really, really good team. We're playing like an eight-team league. But uh, to me, this one's easy, and it's Chris Godwin. I don't think you sit Godwin ever. He's so good this year. He's racking up the targets every single game. He's getting six catches a game on average. I mean, he's getting double-digit points constantly. 
I do not trust Galladay with uh, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, and Le'Veon Bell is not having a very good year. I know he's having a good matchup today against the Redskins. He's a pretty safe option in terms of getting like five or six points, but you go Godwin on there, man. PPR league especially, Godwin. Do it. I, I think Godwin has a better chance to boom. Um, Marshawn Lattimore not going to be in that secondary, and guess what? That guy has been a legit shutdown, possibly the best corner in the league this year. Uh, which is going to really open things up for that Tampa Bay passing attack. I think Mike Evans is going to have a pretty good game, and I think I think Godwin's going to have a pretty good game. Bell has a chance to blow up against this uh, Washington defense, but I, I think you have a, a solid floor with Godwin. I think you have a solid ceiling, obviously, with him. And we've seen Bell blow up before, but they're just uh, you don't they don't use him consistently the same way. I think I'm going to roll out Godwin as well. This question says, what do I do with David Johnson? I'm in a half point PPR league. Do I go with Johnson when my other option, my only other option is Alexander Madison. Also, once again, you guys were spot on with your Christian Kirk suggestion last week. Yes. I'm glad that we picked Kirk for you because that was a big game. Yeah. Um, this is a really, really difficult question. So I'm not, I'm not going to say I have any confidence in this answer. I'm just going to give you a suggestion. Take with it what you will. Um, David Johnson last week when he wasn't called the backup had no points at all, right? Like two carries for one yard. Um, Madison, when he's playing, when he's on the field, has a very high usage rate. He's not on the field a lot because Dalvin Cook is the clear-cut number one. But if you've looked at Madison's numbers throughout the year, he's had games where he's had 13 carries, 14 carries, eight carries, I mean, so you're you're in a bad spot right now with David Johnson. Um, Madison's not going to catch a pass, so you're not going to get any points from half point PPR in that sense. But um, honestly, I might go Madison on this one because a Kenyon Drake is the starter, and b the Cardinals are playing the best defense in the NFL, arguably. So even if Johnson gets touches, what are the chances he's going to get yardage on those touches? David Johnson is again disappointing fantasy owners he had one great year and is doing it again five carries for two yards last week didn't play the game before or two games before and then one carry for two yards the game before that when he was said to be healthy and he wasn't and when he was healthy he had 34 yards on 12 carries that offense isn't great for running the ball they're running a very up-tempo thing i don't like picking madison but that's what i'm saying i'm not confident in this but i think you go madison just because it's it's even though he's a backup who doesn't get a ton of touches, it's safer. I, I can't go Madison. I, I just, I I understand, like, David, I have David Johnson in one of my leagues. It was actually, honestly, my, it ended up being an auto pick. I never would have taken David Johnson because I didn't really want anything to do with the Arizona offense coming into the season. Um, With that said, you're looking at a guy in Alexander Madison who he has four receptions for 13 yards on the season. He's not. A, he doesn't. Three catch games the ball. with double-digit touches. One game to uh, with a touchdown. One game with double-digit points. Got a game just two weeks ago with zero points, depending on how your scoring is. Week seven, one point. Like, I mean, I get your David, David Johnson jo- has two points. In I the last get five the weeks. trepidation for David Johnson, but especially in a half-point PPR league, 
at some point, David Johnson will be involved in this offense. Kenyon Drake is going to run the ball, but I think it is possible this is a guy that catches the ball today at least, you know, four or five times. No, I don't want to start David Johnson, but I don't want to start Alexander Madison I, at all. Like, especially in a half-point PPR. He's not Alexander Madison's not even good in standard, let alone half-point PPR. Give me the guy who has the ability to blow up for 22 points. Granted, yeah, sure, David Johnson could give you a zero like he did last time, but so can Alexander Madison. And the one guy that can give you 22 is David Johnson. That is true. There's a much higher ceiling with David Johnson. I just, I, I'm done trusting that guy. Oh, it's not about trust. This is a need. You just, you have to make a decision. Um, sorry, sorry to argue so much, but hey, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen or Derek Carr for my second quarterback. Uh, that's Josh Allen. You, you can't not be starting Josh Allen in fantasy. He's a rushing touchdown machine. He gets one every single week. He got two last week. Um, Derek Carr has been really good, actually, the last few weeks. And he plays the Bengals defense, which is just meaty, meaty goodness for any quarterback. Uh, but you do not sit Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a must start in fantasy football, in my opinion. They're playing uh, Miami this week, aren't they? They are. Oh, that is Miami's playing better. But... Yeah, we we mentioned that last week that they're the the players are playing like a a team that wants to win despite the franchise not wanting to win. So it's a conundrum there in Miami, but uh, they are playing much better. However, it's still Miami. They're still going to put up points. Cincinnati, honestly, they've just been so bad running the ball. I can see Josh Jacobs having a huge day and Derek are having an average day and I'll probably take the guy like the the problem with Josh Allen and is his passing is not going to probably match the the passing of of Carr but Carr is definitely not going to run the ball and as we all know running the ball leads to more points quickly and uh, I could see Allen getting in there and rushing for a touchdown Jamison Crowder or Muhammad Sanu this one's tough so Sanu uh got a ton of targets two weeks ago against Baltimore had a touchdown catch Crowder's been pretty frustrating because he's either like catching 15 passes or catching four. Um, I think I'm going to go Crowder in this one because I don't like trusting New England players in general in fantasy because they spread the ball around so much. And Crowder's playing the, the Redskins. And Sam Darnold likes throwing to Jamison Crowder. So I think I'm going to go Crowder on this one. But that is a very, very tough decision to make. I am probably I, – I think your your safer pick is Crowder. Um I, I can obviously this is one of those classics. If you if you think you're gonna need to tap into a player that can possibly give you a couple touchdowns, I think that's gonna be more likely Sanu than Crowder, but I also think Crowder's gonna give you a safer floor where I could see also that New England, oh, we've gone to Sanu, we've gone to Sanu, we've gone to Sanu, now we're gonna go somewhere else. And and don't forget, Nikhil Harry's a guy that's coming back from IR. That that's gonna that, be his first game active. Exactly. So I just I think maybe uh, I'm I'm with you. I pretty much steer clear of New England in general just because they rotate the use of their position players so much. It's hard I even to steer clear of Tom Brady. And I think he's not a great fantasy quarterback. No, to have. no, I, I literally like New England outside their defense has not necessarily been a uh, object of my fantasy desires the past couple of years. Except but, for Gronk, Gronk was okay. yeah. Well, even last you know last couple of years has been rough, but. Yeah, no, um, I, I think I'm I'm going to go Crowder as well. Safer floor. Tight end question. How you have both of these? Good on you, man. Darren Waller or Mark Andrews, uh, two of the best tight ends in fantasy this year. Uh, this one for me is, is a little bit about matchups. And I think I know Darren Waller has been disappointing the last few weeks. He's only had a couple of catches each week. 
But man, I love that Cincinnati defense to go up against if you're if you're a fantasy player. Uh, Mark Andrews has been a little bit less impressive uh, as the season has moved on. His first few weeks were just insane. Uh, he caught a couple of touchdowns last last week, which is obviously huge against who? The Cincinnati defense. So I'm going to go Darren Waller. This one, I, I agree with the the matchup. I just. I can see going Mark Andrews with the idea that, I mean, what? I'm probably at least 50% of the passes in this offense go to the tight ends. And and then probably 60% of those passes go to Mark Andrews. Um, and then reports coming out that Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, not looking 100% today. He's going to be playing, but... You know, last week he was in on 18 of their 46 offensive snaps, and you're you're talking about a guy that um, you might have to fill the void in the passing game at times in this game, and that's going to be Mark Andrews. Um, I feel a little bit safer with Andrews, um, but I think you, if you're, once again, this is that if I think I need to reach for a guy that could catch multiple touchdowns today, that that's probably... I, I, I still think that's Andrews, honestly. Just Waller has not been a great guy in the red zone. I'm going to go Andrews. Uh, Philip Lindsay or Austin Eckler, non-PPR flex. Uh, Lindsay has a very tough matchup against probably one of the best rushing defenses in the country, in the country, in, in the league, in the Vikings. Uh, but non-PPR, I hate Austin Eckler. Uh, I mean, he is a gr- uh, an incredible PPR running back to have, and that's purely based on him catching a touchdown if you don't have a PPR. Uh, so I'm going to go Philip Lindsay just because – I don't like using Eckler in non-PPR situations. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, Lindsay's going to get the majority of the carries. It looks like they're going to be kind of maybe moving on from that 50-50 That's quarterback split. I, I don't know. I He's better than Roy. He's better than Roy. Uh, yeah, no, I'm worried about, like, if you're going to run him 16 times a game, he's going to get broken in half. He's not a big back, and he's not a – He'll be fine. You you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm fil- sick I'm of this. They are, two, <laughs> they are two totally different types of players. Royce Freeman's a great back that's been averaging four, 4.2 to 4.8 yards a carry. That's just his game in, in the way they run this offense. Um, and he'd probably be better in a, in a different type of running scheme, honestly. More of a power run running scheme as opposed to a zone running scheme. That's not necessarily his game. But, yeah, no, I'm going to go Philip Lindsay, just on a weird tangent there. Uh, so I, I just said Josh Allen is a must start, and I think he is. But this question is Drew Brees or Josh Allen. Drew Brees is playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which has been the worst-ranked defense passing in the NFL. I think Josh Allen is a must-start in fantasy, but boy, oh, boy, is that matchup juicy for Drew Brees. Now, I know he was terrible last week because the entire team was terrible last week. This one is, to me, maybe a potential offensive bounce-back game. Honestly, I don't think you can go wrong in picking in either one of these. I think both these guys can have the potential to go 20-plus points for you. Uh, Also, Josh Allen's matchup is juicy. It's the Dolphins. Um, If I was going to pick one, I think I would pick the better quarterback, and that's Drew Brees. But honestly, pick whoever you want. I think you'll be happy either way. I'm going to go Brees in this situation. Um, I like Allen because he kind of boos himself, buoys himself with the running game. We were talking earlier about that that Rams defense wanting to come back and bounce back from uh, a horrid performance from last week. Now, um, I I think this game with Tampa Bay is going to be a shootout. Tampa puts up points, whether you're a good defense or not. They find a way to put up 24, 28 points every single week, if not getting into the 30s. 
And you're going to need Drew Brees to sling it around on this defense, and he's going to be able to. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking easily 280 and three touches from from Drew Brees, where I think you can get three to Michael Thomas, please. Thank right, you. Right, uh, where I think you know maybe maybe 220 and a touch, and maybe he runs one in on the ground. Maybe he doesn't. And Josh Allen, it'll be um, close. They'll, they'll keep. The I, I think they'll close. be close. Yeah. So I, I, but I still think the upside of Brees, he's he's going to be really good today. One final question: We got to break. Have to save my week. I started Juju and Boswell on Thursday. Do I play David Montgomery or Terry McLaurin? Um, look, no Redskin player with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback is worth starting. Dwayne Haskins has not proven that he's ready to do this yet. They just named him the starter for the rest of the season. That's good in terms of learning if he's going to be good, but it's not good if you're an owner of a Redskins player. Um, David Montgomery has not been exciting either, but if you get a couple of touchdowns from him, which is possible, that's a huge, huge week from that kind of a running back position. I'm going to go Montgomery just because I just no Dwayne Haskins. No, no. Uh, I mean, I, I can't disagree with your sentiments of Dwayne Haskins. No, now, um, <laughs> please, God, no. Washington did just give up like four touchdowns last week to the Giants, two of them to uh, Darius Slayton, who um, really, I mean, he's had a couple moments this year, but I mean, he's not the same receiver as Terry McLaurin. Um, I think all you need to do is get McLaurin in space against this defense, and he's going to make make some things happen. On the flip side, Montgomery tweaked his ankle on Wednesday. He didn't practice on Thursday. He got a limited practice in yesterday, and now he's considered a game-time decision tonight. So if you pick Montgomery and then they decide not to play him, you're going on the waiver wire and picking up Ryan Nall. Hey, uh, no, th- that's that's a serious statement right there. No, I know. I saw Ryan Nall got activated. Yeah. There. So uh, Ryan Nall, by the way, active. That's a bad sign for a Montgomery owner. Guess who took Montgomery out today? This guy. Yeah. Um. So I, I just you know hate what? McLaurin. That's I, all. I understand it. Um. Honestly, I would be picking Montgomery if it wasn't for the injury. I would be picking Montgomery if he was playing in the morning and you knew if he was going to be playing or not. But with the nighttime, the injury, I got to go McLaurin. We got a break. We got one final segment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we got one final segment and uh, we will be talking a little bit of betting. Plus we had one more question come in. So we'll get to that next football Brain Sunday Brain. on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we got to wrap this baby up pretty quickly here. Uh, Coming up next, we actually have three NFL games for you today. Two of them are over on 910 ESPN Portland. Uh, The first of which is Jaguars Colts, which uh, pregame is already underway over there. That's going to be... The 10 o'clock kick there, and then at 1 o'clock, you got Patriots-Eagles. And then here on the fan, Texans-Ravens coming up next, followed by Boise State, or not Boise State, Oregon is playing in a basketball game against, I think, like Texas-San Antonio or something. So that's coming up a little bit later on in the afternoon. Uh, Quick betting tip from me today. I didn't love a lot of the spreads on how they moved. Uh, I was liking Patriots minus 3.5. That moved to Patriots minus 4.5. I decided not to take that one. Uh, I do in I do think the Rams are going to have a bounce back game. So they're minus six against the Bears looked a little bit juicy to me, but I'm not fully confident in that one. Um, but I do like it. Uh, I do like tomorrow. The Chiefs are four point favorites over the uh, the Chargers. I like that a lot. I like Chiefs minus four. But the two picks I did today, 
I'm taking the over in the Bengals Raiders game at 48 and a half. The Raiders offense has been clicking. Uh, the Bengals defense is really bad. The Raiders defense is really bad. So even with Ryan Finley in there, I think the Bengals will score some points and that the Raiders will score a lot of points. I think over 48 and a half was a good one there. I also, I like the spread for the Texans Ravens game, but the money line was plus 190. So I'm just taking the Texans to win straight up at plus 190. So those are my two picks today. I'm not as confident as I was last week in my picks, but uh, in terms of like, it's not a surefire, like, ah, I know the Falcons will not lose by more than 14. But uh, I like both those picks. It's just the spreads are not quite as hitting me as as, as nice today. Right. If that makes sense. Um, I You know, the, the spread moved since I last looked at it here about a half hour ago on the uh, Cardinals 49ers game. It was at 10 and a half. Now it's at 10. Uh, Cardinals aren't winning this game, I don't think. they they But they've been playing close in basically all of their games this season. The offense is potent enough to move. The defense is good enough to make a st- occasional stop. Um, and the one thing I respect about Cliff Kingsbury is he's willing to take the field goals when they come. He's, he takes the points when he when, when they're there. So uh, with that said, I think they keep it close. I still think they you know, it's going to be probably 3.7-point touchdown game, so I think they still beat that 10-point spread. But I'm a little less – like, I liked it when they could they – could, still score the 10 10, yeah yeah. exactly um so uh i like that one and then um you know the honestly this one's another one that's really weird and this is mostly just based on defense i think vic fangio actually has that defense playing pretty good for denver um they had a a bye week to come up with a game plan for that massive running a game in minnesota they're going to just run the crap out of the ball uh the vikings are i think Denver's going to run the ball. The, the, the clock is going to run. And so, you, so you like the under in that one, maybe? I like the under. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I I still think this is like a seven, nine, six, three-point game just because I don't think it's a high-scoring game. That clock's going to run. All right. We got to go. Those are our, our betting picks for the day. Let us know next week or not next week uh, how you did. That's the news. Next week, the Seahawks got flexed to 10 a.m., so we will not have a show next week. And then I will be out the following week for Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Rashad and Jesse will be back the weekend of Thanksgiving to talk some NFL as well as a uh, civil war for you. Cause that'll be the week, uh, the week of the civil war. So I'll be back in a couple of weeks, guys have a very good Thanksgiving holiday. Good luck with your fantasy games the next couple of weeks. And you can let us know on social media, how your bets did and uh, how your fantasy matchups went as well. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Well, Rashad and Jesse will have a very good rest of your weekend. This one's for Pat! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.